But back to the uh, seriousness of the matter. It was a few days ago, and every once in a while Ruth will kind of actually nail me with this. Because the ministry is at times uh, chaotic. Uh, it just is. There's just so much stuff going on. It's kind of like you finally get this thing settled and there's another fire that starts. And it's um, then on top of that, there's lots of uh, administrative stuff, you know, like the heavy snow that we had messed up a bunch of gutters. And, you, and it's just stuff like that. And, and the blessing, and it's a blessing that God has given us all this, but stuff like this, not, you know, like crackling and various things that always... And so you're always into something, doing something, you know, and then you got your own little grandkitties, which you're always uh, happy to have, and various things that go on. And every once in a while throughout our walk, Ruth will say, you make any more time to pray? You still keep your special time? Now, how many, when at least I did this when I was little, because I remember a little nightlight that said this, now I lay me down to sleep. Does anybody remember that little prayer? You never know anymore what's old-fashioned and... Young kids going, what? Well, she would always tell me, because I would, you know, how are you going to answer that? Well, yeah. Yeah, and she would go, not that lay me down stuff, is it? Now, I know what she means by that. Um, well, maybe you're like, gee, but no, because, come on, I've been saved 30 plus years. i got to be on, should be beyond now I lay me down to sleep, right? Uh, it's way beyond that. And so, and, and we can get into... Forms, or I hate to say, I don't mean tradition. We just get into situations where you you kind of don't even really know it at times. You you might not be pedaling as hard, and I'm not talking about performing. I'm just talking about your call and what you want to do and what you should be into. And this time of year, it's daylight longer, and I don't know if that's a blessing. You know, after winter, getting dark at five, you think it's a blessing, but all it does is give us more daylight to go do something other than what we should be doing. So with all that, title tonight's message is Real Effort. Real. A real effort. Philippians 2.12 says, Wherefore, because of all this, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. I mean, it's easy to look religious now. If you don't, you're turned off by that word, but it's easy to have, to look like um, you're in a relationship now. You know, you can say amen or ouch or uh -huh, or amen and shake your head or whatever. But Paul's laying it out here, not only in my presence, but in my absence, when I'm not around. And he goes on and says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 13 says, for it is good, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Now when Paul says, work out your own salvation, we know that Paul does not mean work so as you, you earn this salvation. You know it's a gift, you know that, from God. An absolute gift from God. Because such a statement would like, work out your own. If you don't understand that, you would contradict the whole Bible. It's the grace and the mercy of God that you're even saved. So Paul is certainly calling upon the Philippians to put forth a, a real effort. Put an effort into this. Because God does seem to walk by that parallel. You, you, you reap what you sow. Little effort, little results. Lots of effort in God, lots of results. 
lay me down to sleep prayer, a few sprinkles of answers. Really pouring out your heart to God, real effort, you'll move more mountains. It's just the way it is. It's, it's a simple fact. But he's asking us to work out your salvation so you see evidence in every area of your life. Every area. There should be evidence. should be fruit as you work out, as you give this real effort. But if you're not cautious or paying attention, sometimes you just kind of start pedaling slower and, and slower. And then we think it's time someone else pedals and all this kind of stuff. And we just sort of sometimes back off. But the idea is here is, is Paul saying that you must work out what God in His grace has worked in. By God's grace, He's worked us in this great salvation. Now, now God wants you to work to keep it like that. Because sometimes it seems like we get rusty and out of shape and, and weak. And when we used to uh, hit off 20 push-ups for God, we're down to about eight. Eight push-ups for God. And, and, and we just don't really give it that effort as we should. And let's face it, there's a side of us that, man, oh, might start off faster than always. You know, whether it's that nice Jeep or Corvette or house or swimming pool or after a while, it's, eh, yeah, I've had one. And the same, it flows in to God. So Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, I keep, but I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. When people say, I couldn't help myself, that means they're letting their body dictate. Their carnal nature dictate what they want to do. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I had to drink. I had to cuss. That's what I am. And Paul's saying, baloney. Absolute baloney. Paul says, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others. And he's saying, lest by any means, any bait the enemy tries, any decoy, any trick, any slick thing, I might become a castaway. That goes totally against once saved, always saved, and it should. Because that's something you'll just relax in and you'll stop pedaling, you'll just coasting. Well, once saved, always saved, why put the effort? But Paul, Paul himself. Now, Paul has been into the heavenlies, third, fourth heavens. Have you been there? Paul wrote tons of books in the New Testament. Have you done that? And so uh, Paul was probably stoned to death there in that one city, and God rose him back. Has that happened to you? Well, those are some awesome things. Nothing like that has happened to me. And Paul makes that statement, unless by any means I become a castaway. So let's take this thing serious. And he goes on and tells you this, and bring it into subjection. Now look, this has a lot to do with your parents. We were kind of chuckling about this as grandparents. But this kind of stuff works for just a little bit, maybe. You know, where your child is just real young. Real young. You can't haul off, you know, the... Six months, eight months, nine months, whatever, 12, 13 months. A little bit. Okay, but if I'm, I'm 30, you're going like this to your child, it's ridiculous, right? So it has to increase. And Paul tells here, look, and bring it, it, whatever it is, into subjection. And you know your flesh is ungodly and unruly. We talked about the tongue. No man containment. Okay, so it goes on and says this. That word subjection means rigid discipline. Rigid Discipline. That's what it means in the Greek. Rigid discipline. You do not. This word discipline is a weak translation. It means this. That, that word 
discipline or, or subjection and discipline further out, the root word means give it a black eye. Pop it. Poof. That carnal person that wants to run and do what it wants. God says, plant one on it. Boom. Give it a black eye. Stop it. Rigid. Not just, come on now, come on. Because you know you'll never listen to that. And that's why a lot of times people don't like the Word of God straight and true because it's popping you. <laughs> Your head, you think you're saying amen and you're getting blasted by God. Amen. And so we don't like that. We don't like that at all when God gets in our face. But this is what that word means. A rigid discipline, a subjection. It means to actually give itself a black eye. That's what Paul did. Anything that would raise itself to slander its God or to pull him away from God, he would turn around and go, bam! That's real effort. Real effort. And the word castaway means this, not standing the test. Not standing the test. Not approved. Unfit. Kind of like the Titanic, you know. It's just brand new, spanking made. It didn't st stand the test. They even claimed it unsinkable. First thing they hit, sunk. So that's what this word means. It's castaway. You must stand, stand the test. And for us, the biggest test is time. Because we could start off, God, Lord, hallelujah, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. And then we're like, after a while, I don't even want to go this way. Or something alters in your life. Something takes your eyes off. Uh, David Wilkerson years ago preached a message called Roving Eyes. And we get roving eyes. Not guys just after girls or girls after guys. But roving eyes over the world, over anything. Anything. And anything that he can put on his bait and put it. And you're going like this. And the next thing you know, you're going. And you stop. And he keeps. And you're going off course. Real effort. This, this walk takes real effort. I mean, it's getting crazy. It really is. Uh, the, I think Adam made mention to it, a judge in uh, Wisconsin, and for the state of Wisconsin, declared National Day of Prayer unconstitutional. Now, it's probably not going to be overturned. You might think it will, or, but, you know, they'll roar for a while and go, oh, golly gee. And from what I understand, I don't know how true this is, but I heard our own president has canceled the ceremony at the White House canceled it didn't want to offend anybody okay so it, when is it going to be real effort time we have to have this real effort in this situation that we're in and especially in that time of prayer i mean it's okay to pick it and have a million people go down to dc they're not listening to us anyway you can have two million there and they'll still do what they want but you got to get a hold of god in this situation 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. I mean, I don't know how you could sit through this morning's message and not feel like uh, the Lord was talking to you. I mean, really, really, you can't. If you're sitting there and thinking, oh, it wasn't me, then you're contrary to everything in the Word of God. Because it says what's in your mouth cannot be tamed. And if you're going, I don't have a problem with it, huh? You, then you're further out there than anybody thought. It's just the Word of God. you just got to say, Amen. Amen. And when you think you stand, God's saying, you better watch out. When you think you stand, you're not on guard that you might fall. When you think you stand, you might go, whoa, on guard. If you think you stand, you're just kind of smug, and then you will tumble. Real effort keeps your eyes sharp and the spirit and your ears sharp. 
and the word of God sharp. God also goes on and says in that Corinthians, there, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. God uses things that test out your strength to see where you are in him. Whether you will or not, he knows, but you don't. And so he gives you these various valleys and situations that come your way. And God says, I'll make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Meaning you're not going to be able to stand before God and say, it was your fault. The test was too hard. It's not going to fly. Verse 14 says, wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee. It means take action. Do something. Real effort. Flee. Don't keep playing with it or messing with it. Various things that, uh, you know, these are kind of always these things we, we mention, but I had weird music before I got saved. I had booze before I got saved. And when we really got saved, uh, which actually was the first time we heard, that we took action. We cleaned our house out of stuff. There's clothes that Ruth stopped wearing, a stupid shirt that I had, filthy shirt. Threw it away. Didn't give it away. Threw it away. Ripped it up. Same with the booze. We thought, well, that's a lot of money. I ought to give it to my dad. Oh, how dumb is that? Down the drain it went. And the records, you know, I ought to give these away. Before we heard anything about the study that Adam did that one time, and we're just, no, we've got to throw these away. You take action. You flee. You do something. Real effort is what you put in this. And God honors it. He'll honor that. Hebrews 10.26 says, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. That's true. God's not going to come and die again. It says, But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. And I have often said, and lots of times to my wife, and I've said, You know what? We have laid out the Word of God. They have walked in it, and now they have willfully turned away. What else can I offer them? There's nothing else I can offer them. That is the plan. That is it. And when you turn away from that, it's not enough. I don't believe it. I'm not now. There's nothing else I can do. It's the same thing when you come up here and through whatever way and we're whispering in your ears, trying words of life. And if you just kind of shove us away or even cry through it or even agree with it, but don't stop, what else can I do? It'd be nice if I actually had a gospel gun. And there's no talking's going to change, Bruce. Sorry, Marcia. Well, you'd want this anyway. You, you just put your gospel bullet in and send him home. He's yours, God. <laughs> Have you ever prayed, Lord, if I am going to be a mess up... If I'm going to lose my, take me home. Why not? Let me just, let's, this is a scripture that wasn't planned, but I'll, I'll, I'll show you what I meant by Bruce there. Isaiah 57.1 simply says this, The righteous perish, and no man layeth it to heart, and merciful men are, taking away, are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. Now, Bruce's name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He's on his way to heaven. God has his name engraven in the palm of his hand. What evil could come to Bruce? Uh, wreck in a car crash and go home to be with the Lord? 
Well, that would be unnerving, and we'd weep over that for a while, but after a while, what would we do? Man, grave didn't get victory. Death didn't have... He's in heaven. He's in heaven. What evil can he come? Well, he could lose his job. Yeah, that's rough. That's bad. He could lose a child. He did. He did lose a child, but that child's in heaven. What evil? What evil can come? You know what it is, don't you? He could stop serving God and split hell wide open. And so God says, nobody considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. The only evil can come to Bruce is that he walks away from God. So a lot of times, in God's infinite, not mine, in God's unbelievable knowledge, he'll take someone away. That's what that says. That's the best I can get. But that's what it says. I've known it at least two or three instances Attempting to get this person saved, they'd get saved, walked in it for a while, and then something would pull them away. And I don't believe it was fake. I don't believe it was playing church. Then the, the dude would get serious with God and cry out to God again. And then one day, he just died. But he died with the Bible in his hand. And I remember going to him and I'm saying, look, Larry, this is your trip ticket. This is your ticket, brother. Hang on to this. This will get you to heaven. The Word of God we're talking about. And even when he was too sick to even read, he just still had it. So the Bible tells us and encourages us to take action. And when you sin willfully, I would have to sin willfully now. God has given me a lot of light, um, has shown me a lot of things, has given me a lot of these, and sometimes a lot of these. I mean, he has. He has. There's a lot of things that I know. I'm still I'm not saying I learned everything. But I got a list of like this that I know. And if it's on that list, then I just go, hmm. it has to be willfully. It has to be willfully. Now, so you don't freak out on me. I can willfully sin for a season, maybe for a long time. And for whatever reason, however God does it, come to my senses. Ask God to forgive me, and he'll take me back. But I've wasted years life. I might have ended up divorced. I look like sin has eaten me up for 10 years. So I do that. Put the effort into it and you will know. And even those things you're, you, you get blindsided by and knock you over and tumble and you're all bruised and beat up, God will keep you going. That real effort to serve God. And here's how it goes because it says in verse 28 of the scripture that we were reading, uh, he that uh, he that despised Moses, Moses' law died without mercy. And, and you can be, you know, the, the typical answer is, yeah, but we live under grace. Well, fine. Verse 29 continues, How much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under the foot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. All those in the New Testament didn't have that verse 29, or in the Old Testament didn't have verse 29. They had the law of Moses. Cut the turtle dove, cut the goat, get the best. Do this. That's what they were under. And they died without mercy. And you're like, well, yeah, but we're under grace. Well, God holds you to a stricter covenant because you have God in you and the Spirit of God in you and the whole counsel of God to read here. Inside, he goes, how much sore punishment will be to those who are given greater light to walk in. I know my eyes shouldn't rove. I know it. 
No one has to tell me. Come on, Pastor, you know it. John 16:7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Is it expedient for you that I go away? For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I'll send him unto you. Now, you know where this is going? The Comforter is the awesomest tool we can have to walk this walk. Is the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Ghost. That's why the enemy wants to get you guys all twisted up over tongues and stuff so you leave the power alone to walk it. And you just try to live it on your own. And you try to not do good or try to do good with something that's impossible without the power of God. And he goes, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Uh, what is that? WWJC or what? No, WWJD? What would Jesus do? Well, you can't see him anymore. What did he do? And, and they saw him and they would mimic him or, or try to... Well, God says, no problem. I'll give you the Spirit of God because I'm not going to be here anymore. And he'll tell you. He'll show you. He'll imply on your heart. Now, I'm sure in times in your walk you've had the Spirit of God and you go... Whether you already blurted out my cross or before you, you feel the Spirit of God. And this is what God is saying through this whole verse, chapter in 16. Now be it, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. So we, we have every aspect to give real effort. 14 says, He shall glorify me, for He shall receive of mine and show it unto you. He'll show you. What would Jesus do? Jesus, what do you want me to do in this? And you get a hold of God with some real effort. Next thing you know, the Spirit of God drops something in your heart. You just didn't think it. You, haven't, you didn't just didn't decide. God drops it in your heart. Or a certain scripture you read and you go, oh, I was just thinking of that. There it is. I didn't even know it was in there. That's the Spirit of God doing that kind of stuff. In your life, as you give him a real effort. So Christ was our perfect example. And we have now the perfect helper, which is the Holy Ghost, who points to Christ. Now, this scripture is another one of those scary scriptures. 2 Peter 2.20. This has to do with if Lenny walks away, doesn't want to come back, this is what's going to happen to him. This is what the Word of God says. For if... After they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Now, no matter, unless you've been just newly, newly saved, probably everybody in this place knows somebody that used to serve God. And now don't, or don't want to. And they're on their way of being seven times worse if they're not already. Whatever they were into, I mean, whatever, that would happen to me, I'd go right back to the booze. Because that's what the dog does, goes right back to its, that's what the pig does, goes right back to its, but only worse. Only worse, because half of it's probably what he knows in his mind, the Spirit of God. The latter end is worse. It's amazing what the Bible says, For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than, after they have known it, to turn from their holy commandments delivered unto them. You've heard me say, and I'll stick to it, cancer has won more people to the Lord than any preacher. Probably all modern-day preachers 
any preachers put together. And you'll probably hate this statement, but cancer is merciful. A heart attack is not. I'm not serving God, and I don't care what. Boom. It's over. It's over. I'm standing before God. Cancer, sometimes you can have eight, nine, ten months, couple years. to slowly, it's not nice. What's it matter? They walk into heaven, saved and glorified. Worse. You will get worse if you don't give God your best effort. You cannot coast in Christianity. You just can't. Take your bicycle. You're coasting down this huge hill. Sooner or later, the hill's over, but you don't pedal. And you'll go for quite a while. Without any effort, without any resistance. And all of a sudden, you'll be going, because your bike's about done. And you're going, unless you start, Lord, forgive me for, for being a slugger. Just say it. Forgive me, Lord, for slacking off. And you'll be all right. You'll do. Isaiah 35, 8 says, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. And the unclean shall not pass over it. As soon as you stop pressing into God, you got unholy thoughts. Because our nature is fallen. And when God's removed from the throne, you're a, you're a prey to the enemy. With unholy, ungodly, unrighteous thoughts. And God says, the only way to me is this way of holiness. Holiness. That God lines out for you. And you'll know it. You ladies know. You put something on, even though you look good. You think, I just don't think I can do this. Because the Spirit of God in you. Matthew 9.16 says, No man putteth a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. For that which is put into it filleth up and taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Now, unless you've got great eyes, I could have a slight, slight rip in my pants. Just a slight rip. And I think, well, before I come out here, I'm going to fix it. And I go on. Up to that point, maybe just something really in a close front row, or if I told my wife, or she might notice that little split, maybe a little bit. As soon as I go like this, there, I've taken care of it. I've made it worse. Now all of you know. And that's what God says. That's what we do. And think we're getting away with something. And we put it all over. It's like a sign. I'm losing it. I'm not giving real effort anymore. Because you, you think you've got it hidden. And this is exactly what the Word of God says. No man putteth a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. For that which is put into fillet taketh up from the garment, and the rent is made. It looks worse. Usually, hopefully, every one of us, I usually do before I come out of the office, get into the, the men's room there and try to fix up everything again the best I could. Usually you do that. Check out the mirror before you leave. To come to church or come to work? Well, Second Corinthians 3.18. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass. you got to get in the Word with effort. Effort. I mean, the effort that we get into to get ready would be awesome if we just put that in God. 
I mean, you ladies, you get up, there's like nine things you got to turn on. The hair curler, the light, this thing, that thing. you got this the spray and all this stuff going on. Seriously. And, I mean, it takes effort. And I'm glad that my wife has a heart where she wants to look nice when she goes out and look nice for me. I do. I like that. It takes effort to constantly, every day, where a dude, you know, he can just go, see ya. Really. So when you look in this Word of God, it's a mirror. You look in it, with, and as you continue in it, it takes effort because there's a part of you that doesn't want in it. That carnal nature doesn't want to be told, doesn't want the finger of God looking at you like this. Your tongue and your mouth, it's set on fire by hell. It's like, oh man, come on. We don't like that. But it should be kind of like my, my wife. If we're somewhere, church or a restaurant or invited somewhere, and it's just about over and we're in the car and Ruth just, you know, looks in the mirror and she's got big makeup blotch, black thing, something. What's the first thing? Why didn't you tell me that was on my face? I went around saying hello to everybody. Well, that's what this is. Look at yourself at times. Man. And the makeup you put on is the blood of Jesus. And it makes you whiter than snow. But you've got to apply that thing. You've got to die daily because things want to grow out of you all the time. And they're scary. We can become scary. People do awful things in this world. Scary, uncontrolled people. The Spirit of God. We must be spirit-controlled. And you can't be that just with, uh, now I lay me down to sleep. God will let you go like that for a while when you're newly saved. But usually the newly saved are just on fire for God. Man, they're just, they're just a peddling. It's us guys that are going, ow, 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 ow. Right? And we just kind of, you just want to coast. It's no time at all. You're going to just, it takes effort. And the same for me, effort. I must give the effort. Isaiah 61.10 says this, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride or, or adorn, adorneth herself with her jewel. Went to this class, like I told you, and learned about this pistol and that pistol, and what to do and what not to do, and what's this and what's right and what's wrong. And what. Cool. Fine. Whatever. I don't know if I'm going to take the next step or not. Whatever. In the hot tub that night, I'm going, Lord... You are my protector. You are my buckler and my shield. You are my high tower. I ain't trying to replace God from protecting me. It's all placed in it. God, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. Not just rejoice. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. And when you're newly saved, you're, this is awesome. And that's down here. Yeah, it is. My soul shall be joyful in my God. You know, or it can be another Sunday night, you made it, you're here, bless God. 
My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. I didn't deserve it, but he did it. He gave them to me and hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. Righteousness. Who wants to stand before God without the robe of righteousness? Are you going to stand before him with your robe of righteousness? Even attempting to do right stuff. But what's the Word of God tell you if you put on your righteousness? It's a robe that is a filthy rag. And if you're raising children, especially if they're small and they go play and they come back, you're going, oh my gosh. You don't say sit down and dine with us. What do you, the first thing you do is went, and you change them and they're all cute and smiley and shiny and clean. This is what God, the covers me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. Takes effort. We must give God our effort. Now I want to read something as we close. Uh, Rod, I don't know if you got a little closing song. Could be one of the ones you sang. Doesn't matter. But Matthew Henry says this. Now you listen. Don't tune out. We are required to work out our salvation. Required. Christy Fisher, totally different person for me, totally different family, totally different heritage, totally different upbringing, totally different religious walk, totally different, totally different. And there are things that she'll have to work on that I won't, and vice versa. Work out your own with God. This is what God is saying. So there are things you are required to work out. Of your salvation. That Greek word signifies, listen, working thoroughly at a thing and taking true pains. Working thoroughly at it. We have these steps. I think I'm going to deal with them tomorrow. They're just like three or four, about this size right here. But they're wood. And they took a beating through the winter. Salt, all that stuff. Paint chipped. I repainted them. And I probably didn't wait long enough, patient guy that I am, and I put the second coat on them. And, man, they were just beaming until the first person stepped on them and twisted their foot and went like that, and all the paint just wrinkled. And Now, it's going to be a pain to deal with those steps tomorrow. Just painting over again, a little scraping is not going to cut it. Joseph's got his grinder and everything's ready. And I haven't done it yet because I know it's going to be a pain to do it trying to sell Ruth on the fact they're all right. <laughs> I, did. I did. I even told her, I would just take them off and turn them over. This is not a bad idea, actually. But it's going to take true pain and pain in the neck to do this. And I don't want to, but I will because it needs done. There's flaws all through it. Looks horrible. Takes away from our house. Takes away from our entrance to our friends and our loved ones that come. So I'm going to say, God, grind away. Lord, if you've got to take the sander, do it. Please don't leave me like this. I just don't do it to myself. God, I just simply try to do makeup. Okay, God. God's going, okay, okay, God. Please do that. And he goes on and says, we must be diligent in the use of all the means which aid to our salvation. Come in the church. It does. 
It does. We must not only work out our salvation by doing something now and then about it, but we must work out our salvation by doing all that is to be done and preserving therein to the end, lest I become a castaway. How horrible will this be? 35 plus years in the ministry, 35 plus years serving God, spreading the word, trying to do the best. And you let something trip you up, pull you away at the end? Salvation is the great thing we should mind and set our hearts upon. And we cannot attain salvation without the utmost care and diligence. And the question is, before I all recall, are you? But not in your eyes. Not in your effort. No. What if I'd say to you for the last three years I've been dieting? You'd be going, you have how much effort? Well, we started out just don't eating bad on Sunday. It's the truth. I've, I've, done, I've done this. And then at Friday, I'm going, well, it's weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're up to eating. And so the, the results aren't there. It's the same thing with serving God. But listen, only way more important. Physical exercise profiteth. But what? Little. You're still going to die. Whether in shape or out, you are. Godly exercise, real effort, going for it with God, you'll accomplish things for God. When he calls you home, your window will be filled up with what you did with God. Right to the end. But that takes effort. Let's stand as Rod takes us again with singing. I pray that you would consider what you've been given God lately. And if it hasn't lined up, then just come to the altar. Admit it. Say it to God. God, that's me. Please help me to give real effort, God. But not just for tonight, Lord, every day. Give me effort. Please, come to the altar.